1: Trump was asked to return
2: classified documents while he was still in the White House and refused to. That's the news coming out overnight at 6:05 a.m. on a Thursday. Amen. I love whenever we could start off a show with a little bit of news about how we might just take down Donald J. Trump. That's a good day in my book. So good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you? World I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. I washed my hair,
2: mm-hmm. so that's always a start. I, know. I, to something I wondered. New. I wondered.
3: Thank you so much. Uh, I'm feeling good.
2: I love the I love the fresh hair smell of a woman's hair. I don't know how to describe it, but like women when they like fresh shampoo and conditioner. You maybe love because it. you have a lot of hair. Maybe that's why I smell oh, yeah, it you so can much smell more. It. Because I'm very sensitive to smells. I went. I went yesterday. You know, my sister and brother in law are coming to visit me this weekend. Uh, Chris and Jerry. Jerry, our number one listener. Who's Thank not you Jerry, listening? So much. He's not listening today because he's on a plane right now. So our our uh, numbers are going to plummet this yeah, morning. Yeah, they are to half probably. Mm-hmm. Now it's just my engagement mom.
3: engagement out yeah. <laughs> the window.
2: But uh, I I'm very much about scents, so I got new candles and I got new like those little Glade plugins. I got some new ones. And I tried a new smell. I woke up this morning. You hate it. It smelled so awful in my apartment.
3: Oh my God, I hate that. It was this that. weird,
2: artificial, natural smell. I unplugged both of them, and I was like, oh my God, please go What's away. What's the
3: scent? that? What was it supposed to smell like?
2: I don't know. It literally said the most natural smell ever, kind of. It's a natural smell, and it's like these oils, essential oils, and it just smells terrible. It, I can't even pinpoint it. It smells a little bit like, like musty wood, like a musty forest.
3: Interesting. And did not like it. Yeah, not your vibe. I
2: unplugged. The, I'm more of a clean linen kind of guy every day. Okay, I I'm hear al- that. I'm already buying pumpkin spice candles.
3: Listen to me. I was uh, already looking up Halloween decorations. She's here. Yeah, I'm ready.
2: They have them at Target. They have all kinds Do of pump- like pumpkin stuff everywhere.
3: Do, have they moved into November yet or no? Like Thanksgiving vibe? Yeah,
2: a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. It's even actually more Thanksgiving than it is Halloween. Really? It's like it's like those cute pumpkins that you put out for like you know Thanksgiving dinner.
3: Yeah. I'm ready for the holidays. Yeah, same. I want the holidays so bad.
2: Oh, you're in luck because we are actually uh, four months away. uh, September, October, November. Four months from Christmas today. Wow. (laughs) How weird is that? Listen,
3: the way that this has gone this year, well, it'll be here before you know it.
2: Remember early pandemic when people were like, I'm just leaving my Christmas tree up all year long so it makes me happy.
3: Yes. I wonder
2: if people, I wonder, I wonder who out there still has it up from 2020.
3: I have a friend, Melinda Doolittle from American Idol. Oh God,
2: I remember. She was, she was like really short and had a big voice.
3: Exactly. She still has her Christmas tree up. It's a pink Christmas tree. And she says it makes me happy and I'm never taking it down. Ever? Nope. Wow. Yeah.
2: So we've got our answer.
3: Everyone works through therapy. Melinda Doolittle,
2: season, what season was she?
3: I think season seven.
2: Yeah, she was a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It will never take it down.
2: Got it. Well, we have a fantastic show coming up for you today. We've got uh, actors Gregory Zarian and Paul Witten stopping by to talk about their new romantic comedy. That's more that drops on Netflix today. Love, love Gregory. Super excited to talk to Paul, who plays his partner in the film as well. Also, it's Therapy Thursdays. And the cancellation of student loan debt by Joe Biden uh, has everybody talking. What sort of mental impact could that have positively and negatively on people based on whether or not you did borrow and you're going to get some relief? Or maybe you didn't because you didn't think you could afford college and now you're seeing other people getting their college paid off. How does that affect you mentally, if at all? Uh, That's our conversation for Therapy Thursday today. So stick around for that. Also, we're talking about Envy. Envy a lot a double therapy session today because god knows we need it we do uh, need it and we've got experts for both of them so we're we're talking about uh, the power of envy could it actually be a good thing yes okay well there
3: it really can i've had a serious talk with this situation uh and it ended up being the thing that really helped me enhance my life so it's, it's perspective
2: you're envious of me aren't you
3: You know it, baby. I
2: just know it. (laughs) Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. Take it away. All
3: right. Police rushed to the Georgia home of Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene on Wednesday after a false report of a shooting there. Authorities said... Calling it in an incident of swatting, a 911 call placed at 103 a.m. prompted officers in Rome to respond to Green's home because of a subject being shot multiple times. Police said in a statement, she assured the officers there was no issue and the call was determined to be a false call, commonly known as swatting. A second 911 call alleged to be from the same person using a computer-generated voice stated that they were upset about Mrs. Green's political view on transgender youth rights, police said green told followers she was appreciative of the police response i cannot express enough gratitude to my local law enforcement here in rome floyd county she tweeted
2: shut up marjorie also i did watch a documentary recently on swatting and it's a major major issue yeah it started in the gaming community online gamers do it because they want to show people how cool they are computers and stuff like okay i barely know how to check my hotmail account
3: yeah it's a big issue yeah All right, one more story. U.S. Representative Mondir Jones lost his bid for Congress in a new district following a court imposed redistricting process that disadvantaged Democrats and initially placed him against a fellow gay member of Congress. In several states, attempts have been made to take partisanship out of the redistricting process. Unfortunately for Jones, New York's process was constructed in a way that allowed more political manipulation and, despite being bipartisan, was more likely to result in a deadlock over partisan maps. Besides Jones' lost three of the current nine LGBTQ members of Congress, Sharice Davids, Angie Craig, and Chris Pappas faced difficult reelections due to their own redistricting woes in, the re- uh, in their respective states.
2: Let's just play, paint this picture. There are nine uh, active openly gay people serving or queer people serving in Congress right now. And out of the nine, because of Republicans and redistricting and gerrymandering, three out of the nine are now facing uphill battles to even have a chance to come back. And one of them is already out. That feels weird to me. I don't like it. Yeah, it's weird. Don't like it.
3: Totally weird. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 97 in Vegas, 106 in Palm Springs, 90 in Houston, 90 in Miami, 78 in Atlanta, 83 in Cleveland, 106 in La Quinta, 85 in Boston, and 91 in Dallas. Now give us a vibe of the day.
2: If you want the best the world has to offer, offer the world your best. Mm, that's mm. tough. Because sometimes I'm like thinking I deserve more than I'm like, am I really giving it my all? Am I really, really trying?
3: I give my all.
2: I give my some.
3: Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard giving your all. Sometimes
2: some is all I can give. And that's, we understand.
4: (laughs) The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Ooh,
2: have you ever thought about just wherever you've worked over the years? Have you ever had a boss where you're like, I wish I could just go off on you and tell you how I really feel about you. And tell you how everybody else really feels about you. But you bite your tongue because you need the job, you need the paycheck, you need the serving shifts, whatever it is. Have you ever had a boss like that before?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I've
2: had a few over the years, and I've actually told one off, eh, maybe two, eh, maybe three. I, I eventually get to the point where I kind of let you know how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can totally relate to this person who says that my new direct manager, uh, my direct manager got a new manager and wanted to show how tight he runs his team. So he calls me into a room with only the new manager and starts going over times I didn't fill in my Salesforce information on time and how I was late meeting him once for an early meeting at a diner, okay? And eventually, uh, they said that this person's manager asked them if they had anything to say for themselves, to which this person responded. Well, for one thing, I've never had a manager as bad as you. Oh. All of The team goes miles out of their way to avoid you, and none of them like you or respect you. This job is a dead end, and you are the worst micromanager of my life. There is no turning around. your poor management. So I quit. What? This is really—this guy says, I usually don't burn bridges, but this one burnt beautifully. Uh, Is it okay to defend yourself in a situation like that, or do we need to respect the fact that this person is your boss— and in front of their new boss, you just made him look like a jerk, and you look like a jerk too. Which is it?
3: I admire this guy so much. I love it. Look, he didn't cuss him out, he didn't call him out of his name, Mm. but he did say, you're not respected by your whole team, and I quit.
5: Mm -hmm. And
3: I think that I had a boss years ago, That still low-key haunts me to this day. And I still find myself, and this will be very relatable, I still find myself in my car sometimes thinking, oh, God, yeah, I should have said that. Like, (laughs) thinking about comebacks, you know what I'm saying? Years ago, I had this job like 10 years ago. He was awful. I have a landlord that's now similar to this boss, and sometimes I want to cuss her out. Because she's so similar to the boss that I never did or have the opportunity to because I didn't feel like I was worth it. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, this is the job and I just need to keep it. And I feel like if anybody could understand anything, I think... Everything can be handled respectfully, uh-huh. but that also means respect for yourself. And if someone's being shady, it doesn't matter their position. It's not okay.
2: Yeah, I love this person. I burn bridges all day every yeah. day. I don't care. I do not but care at all. I think
3: he burned a bridge. Yeah. I think he stood his truth.
2: Well, he burnt this bridge. He's not walking back over it to that job. He, unless the, uh, the manager's manager hires him. That could happen. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially.
3: Yeah, but I'm saying, like, he didn't burn a bridge maybe negatively. Like, by him standing up for himself, Somebody could have seen that he gets a job later on or no, like, sure, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, because like,
2: it's 2022 and that's how we see the world because those things do happen now, yeah. right? And people all of a sudden they get 100 job offers because people, it goes viral online and, and it's it's a positive. I, I hear that. I definitely am the type, if you are disrespecting me constantly, I will let you know And. Th- I will work so hard all day, every day until I feel disrespected. Right. It does not go over well with me when you just disrespect me or question my integrity. And I worked years ago when I was still in the the restaurant industry. This is like 13 or 14 years ago, maybe. And so I was still, I was a grown adult. I was like late 20s, maybe approaching 30. And it could have been, I could have been 30. I think it might actually been about 11 years ago. And I was hired to be the bar manager at this new restaurant, this sort of like mid upscale restaurant over on third, right down the street from where we live. The restaurant there is now called Mercado. Yeah. So you know exactly where it is. And for a minute, it was a restaurant called the Bourgeois Pig or Bourgeois Pig or oh, something. I, think I remember that. Too. Yeah, briefly. And like Warren Sapp, NFL player, is one of the investors, right? So it was, it was exciting times. We right. thought, we're opening a brand new restaurant. I'm the bar manager, which was cool. I'd been a bartender, I'd been a server. I had never been a bar manager at a brand new restaurant before, so I was very excited about it. Well, then, uh, apparently, the GM that they had hired uh, had no restaurant experience whatsoever. Zero. He worked at a Pinkberry. I think he was a manager at a Pinkberry before. And so I knew this is going to be challenging because he has no idea what he's doing. Like, he can learn it. That might be great. But he's worked... He's sold frozen yogurt up to this point. Right. Well, he decided to... Apparently at one point, uh, things weren't working out with him and they brought in more management to help, which meant in his mind, he now now has to find something to focus on. So he focused on the bar and kind of self-appointed himself the new bar manager before we even opened. And questioned every single thing I said. Where I said, let's put the liquor bottle bottles here for these specialty cocktails. This makes the most sense. It's the most efficient for the bartenders who are working and, and the bar backs. And this has to run smoothly back here or the whole thing's going to fall apart. Right. Because I'd been a bartender, so I knew what I was doing. I tried and I tried and I tried. And he kept belittling me in front of everybody. He's also one of those guys at Little Man Complex. Hate that. He was like four foot eleven. My entire and I thought, family. Yeah, like he, like he was just, just a jerk. And... I made it all the way until our soft opening night, and he was just riding me so hard the entire time that I finally went to the owners and I said, I'm out, I can't, I can't. I've only been here halfway through the night, I gotta go. This is so unlike me, they're like, no, 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 what's going on? I'm like, it's okay, it's fine. This isn't gonna work out. I cannot do this job, I'm too old for this. And they pushed me and pushed me. I broke down crying. I've never done that at a job in my entire life. And he, cause he came into the office too. And I said, this guy's an absolute a-hole. He's just a jerk and he's going to destroy your restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I cannot work with somebody like that. And I gave him a whole list of reasons why they tried to convince me to say I left three months later, the restaurant was shut down. So I felt good about it. I was like, yeah. I tried to warn you. Y'all had all kinds of money invested in this place. And I was happy to burn that bridge, honey. And I drive by it now. I still get a little like grin every single time I see that place. I was like, hey, hey, you didn't last.
3: Amen, That's baby. what you get
2: for treating your employees terribly. Yeah,
3: stand up for yourself. All right, coming up, what do you guys think of Madonna's daughter's new single? Lola is a singer. We've got the audio for you next. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Oh,
2: Madonna. So Madonna's daughter, Lourdes, is gorgeous. She's stunning.
3: Gorgeous. And
2: um, she is making headlines right now, and she's lucky that she did what she did when she did. Because tomorrow ladies and gentlemen it's Michaela Gordon's day music video for Hands Off comes out tomorrow and nobody better rain on that parade not Lourdes not nobody
3: not Alicia Carl
2: Alicia Carl
3: even
2: though I don't know where she's at. <laughs> yeah, we're also, we were talking about that off air. Where's Alessia Cara? Know, where I did she to go? Oh, da,
3: Remember when like, da, 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 da. Lord
2: and Alessia Cara, like ruled the world? Yeah. Then they
3: just kind of yeah. disappeared. I don't know what happened. Maybe
2: they're hanging out with Normani somewhere.
3: Yeah. What's we're... going on with them all? We miss Normani. Miss
2: them all. Uh, but uh, we don't miss you. You're here every day. You won't I'm go here, away. Baby. You won't go anywhere. Nowhere. And you have a big day tomorrow, but right now it's about Madonna's daughter. What's popping?
3: Okay, so Lourdes Leone, one of the many heirs of Queen of Pop, Madonna, just dropped a debut single that nobody, including us, were ready for uh, under the moniker Lolo. I don't know how she's pronouncing this.
2: I, I think it's LOL, a hall.
3: LOL, a hall.
2: Like laugh out loud, a hall. like, like a, 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 alcohol. Alcohol.
3: Okay, okay. LOLA
2: Hall. LOLA
3: Hall. LOLA okay. Hall?
2: I don't know. I, that's wrong.
3: Yours is reading better than how sure, I read it. Sure,
2: sure. Or you could just pronounce it LOLAHOL like you did. So
3: they, We say it how we feel. <laughs> it. Uh, she has a new single out. I didn't even know she was a singer. Um, and people are kind of comparing it to like a Gaga vibe. Let's take a listen.
2: I think it's a little closer to Billie Eilish Eilish than Lady Gaga, but like not as dark as Billie.
3: Yeah, I, um...
2: It feels like I should be, I don't know, at a club, or not a club even, like a lounge, but maybe like partaking in some sort of extracurriculars.
3: It reminds me of a video game track. Kind of a
2: video, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I feel like, you know, to be fair also. The
2: beat's pretty fast for me. It's just not my vibe. Yeah. Like, this
3: day it could be anybody. Yes. And I'd be like, I'm not, you know, going crazy for it, but... This could
2: be a VR artist. Yeah. Real talk. Totally. Do you know what I mean?
3: Totally. Yeah. I don't know, though. Maybe it'll grow on me. Maybe she'll have another single that comes out. Like I said, she's so beautiful, and it's probably yes. difficult being Madonna's daughter. Uh,
2: of course, like we- that's
3: a lot. My da-
2: Madonna, was an icon immediately, and yeah. her voice was so recognizable, and she's so iconic that, yeah. that those are those are big shoes to fill.
3: Absolutely. So, so we get it. So just we just not- dragged her. So, no, just, congrats, Laura. We just dragged her. All right, uh, coming up is being envious a good thing. We're putting a really positive spin on something that looks. To be told that it was so negative, I have my own personal story. We'll talk about it next. The Morning Beat with A.J.
4: Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
2: You know who else is about to be a hero? Go on. Speaking of heroes, Sir Elton John for bringing Britney Spears back to our ears. At some point today, yes. we're getting a new single
3: oh, from we Elton love it! and
2: Britney. Possibly this hour, Vanessa. Is that, is that going to happen? Oh. Oh, I can't wait. This is the collaboration I never knew we needed. I know. And I'm very, One very excited. One that I didn't excited. even really think of. Well, it's interesting because she's, you know, she's been going through it. And you see her on her social media. She's a bit unhinged at times. But then she posts a video where she's doing full-on choreography and killing it. Yeah. And I'm so confused by it because it's like she knows how to turn on that performer thing. Maybe it's muscle memory. Yeah. She looks great. And she can still pull it together. I'm curious to see what she and Elton came up with.
3: Absolutely. Very,
2: very excited.
3: But very excited. I
2: also love that she's like, oh, Madonna's daughter, Lordis, you put out music. Watch me. She's like, hold my beer, Lordis.
3: I know. <laughs> can L-O-L-O-L-O-A <laughs> have her moment?
2: Oh god. Can you can you imagine? Let's just fast forward to like the VMAs next year. Britney's on top of the world again. Lourdes is an upcoming artist. They do like a virgin, and Britney kisses Lourdes! Somebody make it happen. Somebody make it happen. Oh my god, no.
3: Absolutely not.
2: Something. You got to pass the torch. That would be an iconic moment.
3: Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I can get into it. You kiss the mom, then you kiss the daughter. And then
2: Madonna's like out in the audience looking up like Justin was all those years ago, sort oh, of disgusted. Oh, God. It could I know. Be, listen, it could be an iconic moment. I'm just saying.
3: It could be, but maybe one we could do without. Or it
2: could be an SNL skit this fall. A million that percent. That could also happen too. So yes. Whenever Britney uh, and Elton's single is available to us, we will share it with you. Stick around. It's going to happen hopefully sometime this hour very excited. Our producer, Vanessa, is wearing a vintage uh, MTV t shirt today, which is really. Do you know what MTV is, honey? Do you remember? Yes. You-
3: I wanted to work at TRL. A Obviously. S- Whoa. I was like that was my, that's why I do this cuz I originally wanted to work I at wanted to I wanted to Daly. be Carson like, And the number
6: one song of the week is Yeah. Michaela Gordon yeah, Hands that's Off. That's
2: what I wanted to do. Hands Off is about to be the number one music video tomorrow her uh, first single off her debut album Vivian drops tomorrow Hands my Off. Honey. Uh, it's, it's, it's mixed messaging I, I will be honest. Like maybe we want people to put their hands on the single and grab it and yes. and, and embrace it. But. Well, Well, you know,
3: it's really funny because I kept saying this earlier, just doing other press, like, Hands Off was not supposed to be the single because it doesn't fully encompass what the album is. The song that fully encompasses the album is Good Girl, which is my favorite song on the album. Right, just right this minute. But with Roe v. Wade overturning, I felt like it was really important to send this message while it's happening. And so it's been very interesting to see such a political statement sort of lead my first album ever. I feel like if I didn't have enough pressure, Cause I definitely... you love politics so much. My God. I couldn't just put out a little tweeny bop. I had to put out like an entire...
5: <laughs>
3: you know, we're saving the women song. Yeah. But, um... I mean, but it's just been so interesting to see. I think that Viv would be proud. Viv was such a stand up to bullies kind of woman.
2: Vivian being your grandmother, who yes. this album is named after.
3: Yeah. She's
2: dead. Yes, so. she is. So she's going to be watching from above with yes, my grandmother. So and who's she better send me love. Also loud. dead. Yes, mm-hmm. very dead. Yes, very much. So, uh, But the album, Very Much Alive.
3: Yes, honey. It's a bit of a
2: reincarnation. I love that.
3: It is. It is. I feel like my grandma's death was sort of like a rebirth for me. And, and so you're keeping I'm her legacy grateful. alive,
2: so this is pretty cool stuff.
3: Yeah.
2: All right, it's time for some news on the beat. What's going on around the world?
3: Okay, well, a transgender man has filed a complaint with the Illinois Human Rights Department after he was denied service at two separate Walmart stores. Skylar Hyatt says that employees at stores in Lawrenceville and Olney, Illinois were not allowed uh, allowing him to cash a money order because his driver's license still lists his dead name. At the time, his license did list his gender as male and had a current photo, but Hyatt says he has been unable to afford the process of legally changing his name under state law. According to the complaint, a supervisor at one store made a face of disgust. When presented with Hyatt's ID, an employee at another store told Hyatt that his money order has been red flagged. Now, a spokesperson for Walmart told The Hill that the company is taking Hyatt's complaints seriously adding that the retailer does not tolerate discrimination of any kind all right let's get into a little bit of weather it's going to be a high of 90 in miami 90 in houston 106 in palm springs 97 in vegas 87 in la 90 in new york and a high of 82 in cleveland now give us a vibe of the day
2: if you want the best the world has to offer offer the world your best
5: Huh. Yeah, I love
3: that. Also, an
2: update on the Trump election probe. Uh, There's a hearing taking place this morning on whether uh, Georgia Governor uh, Brian Kemp, not is it it Kemp? Is it Brian Kemp or is that a baseball player? Governor Kemp, uh, whether or not he must testify before a grand jury. Uh, Kemp, of course, running against Stacey Abrams for the governorship of, of Georgia. It's going to be a huge race this fall. We'll keep you updated
0: on that.
3: Absolutely. All right. Coming up, could being envious be a good thing? I'm going to tell you why I think it is coming up in seven minutes.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
4: The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q.
2: Welcome back to the show. One of our conversations we're going to have today for Therapy Thursdays. We're doing a lot of therapy today on the show. I think we all need it right now. We love
3: therapy.
2: Uh, One of the conversations we're going to have right now, and it has to do with the word envy. Uh, You know, we're often taught, most of us as children, that you should never be envious of others. It's a terrible emotion. It's bad. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, But is it possible? that some level of envy could actually be good for your mental health. Can both things be true? Can it be bad sometimes and good other times? Well, you're so lucky because uh, we've got an expert on this topic right now joining us, uh, Professor Yohi cohen Harash from Baruch College and the Graduate Center of the City University of New York. Love us some New York City. Uh, Yohi, thank you so much for joining us. Talk to us a bit about this idea of envy and how it might not actually be what we were taught it was growing up.
8: Well, uh, yeah, the whole idea of envy as a sin has been a very long idea, uh, uh, always been, that uh, this is actually a judgment of the emotion. Mm. Envy is inevitable. We all experience it. It's an important emotion because it indicates to us that we are inferior on something that is important to us and that can motivate us to react to it to minimize this inferiority in several ways
5: Mm. right
8: we can bring ourselves up to the level of the person we are envious of or bring that other person down to our level or uh, rethink about the situation altogether, making it less important because envy is very painful. It's very difficult to experience envy, very unpleasant.
2: That is very unpleasant, Uh, yes. mm And I think yeah. that Michaela, this is what motivates you oftentimes because you think I'm so hilarious that you try every single day to be as funny as me. Yeah, that's so what you tell a yourself, thing. my love. Uh, no,
3: you know what's so
8: crazy? How, how is it working? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, not well.
3: Uh, you know, I think that also a lot of us. I was raised in a home where I was taught such a lack mentality that there just simply wasn't enough. There wasn't enough for people to get to the top. There wasn't enough money, food, whatever. <laughs> so it brought me into my adulthood thinking that way a lot, and I will. Say that just even with social media, there's a few people that I follow that I found myself being so envious of. Uh, but mm-hmm. when I was able to change the perspective and realize that it was more so that I just wasn't living to my own potential, I feel like that's what really made the envy go away. So, what are some tips you have to remove such a painful feeling that really is unnecessary?
8: Uh, excellent question. Thank you, Michaela. First of all, first and foremost, is own your envy admit to yourself that you're envious and this is probably the most difficult thing to do because basically we are admitting to ourselves that we are not as good as others and that we are experiencing this sinful emotion so first of all admit to yourself that you're envious and then think about what is this envy telling me what is actually going on how can i deal with it how can i take it to promote myself you can also always remember that what you see in other people's lives is not the whole story Mm -hmm. Mm. and they don't see your whole story so maybe they have a better job but you have a better family life Uh, or or whatever so I, i think that people always have things in which they are better than the comparison other so try and look for these other things, and, and really realize that what you see in the outside is only a very partial and a very biased picture of the people present.
2: That's so true. And we really see like the tip of the iceberg of what people are going through, positive and negative, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And you said something mm-hmm. a bit a bit ago about uh, how envy isn't a, a good or a bad emotion. It's it's sort of just an emotion, right? And and that's something that I learned through extensive therapy in recent years, because I oftentimes would talk to my therapist and I would say, I actually kind of am envious because it took me many years to even admit that I was envious or jealous of anybody. And then I actually Mm -hmm. was able to admit it in therapy. And I said, I hate myself for this. I feel so bad that I'm envious of people because I really am also happy for them, but I'm jealous of Mm -hmm. them in a certain way. And I want something that they have. And and my therapist reminded me repeatedly that that emotion is natural. You know, if you're if you're taking action and harming somebody because you're envious, that's a problem. But if if it can motivate you, it's a good thing. So how can we turn that into motivation? Is there a way we can like be aware of it when it pops up that that emotion of envy and turn it into a positive that benefits us?
8: absolutely absolutely and this is the whole goal of envy, right because because it tells us that something is not okay we are we are not in a position that we would like to be on something that is important so take this information and make use of it first of all understand what is it that uh, makes you so envious about that person then try to think how can you get yourself up there Mm. and if you cannot get yourself up there because this is something that you have no control about whatsoever, like a, a looks or things like that, then think about what other characteristics, characteristics you have that uh, bring you up and, and make you such a wonderful person. Mm. So we all have these areas in which we are under others, Right, Like like we are inferior to others None of us is perfect And we all have these these places in which we are above others Focus on where you are above Take advantage of your strengths And we all have strengths And say, how can I use my strengths? And how can I use this motivation, this awful feeling To bring myself up
5: Mm, that's to so beautiful.
8: achieve this thing. And if not this thing, then something similar that will make me still feel
2: good. Yes, life okay. is a journey. And if you're if you if going to go on the journey, you might as well try to continue improving as you go along. Wonderful advice. Thank Absolutely. you so much.
3: Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You Thank too. You, you too. All right, coming up, uh, mental health. Uh, is very important, obviously, for adults. But these states are allowing mental health days in school. What do you think about this? I'll tell you our opinion coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ and
2: Michaela. Channel Q. So as adults, you know, if you work for a corporation, it's pretty common nowadays to have, like, personal days. If you decide you you need some time to yourself or whatever that may be, Uh, that could be a mental health day. It's becoming more and more common. And people are getting more comfortable talking about their mental health and actually taking time to, to give it the, the time it deserves, right? Right. And the attention it deserves. Well, now in 12 different states, uh, parents are considering if their kid's mental health is a top priority, so much so that they are considering allowing these kids to take mental health days from school. Now, according to a new study by Very Well Mind and Parents, 60% of parents of children aged 8 to 17 say the pandemic has at least somewhat affected their child's mental health. 60%. Wow. Uh, Additionally, over a third of parents observed mood and behavior changes in their children, while 37% noticed their child having a harder time socializing. Uh, This is really, really interesting. Uh, and, And the number one stressor, for these, this age range of ch- children has been school. Half of them feel the most pressure from school during the pandemic. Yeah, so, I see that. 77% of parents who have let their children take mental health days feel uh, that they had a positive impact. So, are we at that point? Is it is it a conversation that I think all 50 states should be having that we need to be aware of kids' mental health? Because when I was growing up, you were rewarded if you had perfect attendance. Mm-hmm. That was always the thing. Perfect attendance, don't miss a single day. And that was like, you, you you got a certificate at the end of the year. Is that really a narrative we should be pushing on kids who might just need a day off every now and then?
3: Yeah. I, listen, I think that kids have always dealt with mental health. I think that I saw a lot of things growing up when I was little that I could have probably used quite a few mental health days for. And um, I think that even my niece, we'll take her for example, she'll be six next week. Her mom said yesterday, we were all on the phone. She said, all right, Tal, go get in the bath, get ready for bed uh, and give me the iPad. And Natalia was like, no, I need the iPad. And she was like, give me the iPad, which is not a conversation we had when we were younger. But kids are so um, overly stimulated now with iPads and YouTubes and all of these things on top of it. My niece, who is trying to express it but doesn't really know how, also misses her dad. My brother just left for the army. He's been gone for like two months now. She waits for his call. We never know when we're going to get it. So it's been very heavy for her. And at five years old, she may not understand that. So instead, yesterday, she had a tantrum. And my sister-in-law did a very good job of talking her off the ledge, so to speak, because she was really struggling. Um, But... Yeah, I think that as adults we deal with depression, missing people, dealing with divorce, and uh, little kids feel the same way.
2: Yeah, I think it's so, so important and so important that that I think it's actually in some ways more important than physical health, right? Because physical health, you get a cold, right, or you, you get the flu, and that lasts for a few days, and then you move on. There aren't lasting impacts from that generally for most people, now, coronavirus has changed that for some, but by and large, not for kids. Right. Mental health issues, even if you take a day to yourself to try to like move on, it's something you're going to probably cope with on some level the rest of your entire life. Right. So the fact that we don't look at mental health the same way or or hold it with the same like amount of respect that we do our physical health is wild to me. It's wild. And I wish more than anything growing up that it was a conversation we were having because I was always just told, and my mom, she had the best intentions. She would always say, Pick yourself up, keep going. Just dust yourself off and keep going. And that was the mentality pick yourself up by the bootstraps and keep moving.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, what if I need to take a minute and like reassess? Yeah. What if I need to take a moment to recalibrate and figure out why it is I'm struggling so deeply? It's not, I'm physically fine. You can look at me and I look healthy. And that was me as a kid. And it's oftentimes me as an adult, to be fair. Um, I think a lot of us can relate to that. And so many of us as adults, we get into our 30s and 40s and 50s and realize, oh, wow, we never took a moment for our mental health ever. Ever. Right. And it catches up to you. It always does. And totally. it manifests in ways that, that will have an impact on your physical health.
3: Absolutely. Mm. I totally agree. Uh, all right. Coming up in What's Poppin', Nick Cannon has another reveal. Is it and a baby? Is it a baby? I'm not. Is it I, a we'll baby? Talk it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about
4: The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
2: Welcome back to the show. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'? From the queen of all things pop culture, Michaela Goldfarb.
3: Okay. Oh, my God. I'm going to murder you. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Listen. This is serious business. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. The Wild and Out host, Nick Cannon, oh, who's not 41 years old, has revealed Wednesday that he has impregnated a 34-year-old model by the name of Brittany Bell. Now, this is simultaneously. <laughs> While Abby De La Rosa is also pregnant, the DJ that he had twins with... And shortly after, Brie T.S.E. from Selling Sunsets' baby was just born. Nick, what is happening, babe?
2: They they lost a child and then got pregnant again, right?
3: No, this was that was another oh, that was wow. Alyssa, wow. Uh, something who's beautiful. Um, Ten but kids? I will say that Brittany Bell is pregnant with her and Nick Cannon's third baby together. Okay, so it's not their first. They oh. have other children together.
2: Well, I, I just I, it's just wild to me that all these women are like they're just in the rotation and they're cool with that. That's wild.
3: That's what's so interesting to me. And I literally have to ask myself, is this just far beyond my understanding? Is this too woke for me? Is this of a very mature thing? You know, we had a great conversation about polyamory yesterday and how when you, the jealousy subsides because you understand that it's fear, the fear goes away. So are they really woke? And they're like, they don't have any attachments or are they just...
2: Or... or That child support check is nice. Like, real talk, I can't imagine. It's so wild how, because he sounds like a great father, and he sounds like he pays his child support. Yeah. And I think for a lot of these women, it seems like they're okay with that. Yeah. Like Nick Cannon, you have a famous dad, and he's around sometimes, and he's really nice when he is. And when he's not, he gives us a lot of money. Yeah. So that's more than a lot of families ever, ever have. My dad didn't pay child support growing up. I remember learning about... I remember my mom, God, my parents probably should should never teach a course on how to raise you know, kids in a divorced family. But I remember my mom letting me know one time when I was younger than my dad, she allowed him to pay the very least amount of child support legally allowed for my sister and myself. And so my entire childhood, I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, I'm worth literally nothing to my dad. But my mom also told me that. So that was also problematic. So if he's paying the bills and... Being a nice guy, I mean...
3: Yeah. I mean,
2: when his when his child did pass away, was it last year? Heartbreaking. He was all over it. He flew to LA from New York where he was hosting his own talk show because my husband was on the show that week, actually, in New York City. He flew to LA and sat on the beach holding that baby with the mother during a sunset, like the last day it was alive. I mean, he, he's a good father, sounds
3: like. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, that's what I'm saying. He may, they just may have all a very woke relationship where the women do not get attached. And I love that because he is a good dad. I can't really drag him A in lot this. of men
2: are envious of him.
3: And a thousand percent. Not the, not the
2: child support part, but like the the multiple baby mamas. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. But he
3: shows up, honey. Yeah, he does. All right. Coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays. How will the cancellation of student loan debt psychologically impact Americans? We'll discuss next. Good morning, B. Channel Q.
2: It's Therapy Thursdays. This hour, we're going to have another round of therapy because we need it. Because we've been going through it, right? Yeah, honey. And for this conversation, we're going to be talking about how the cancellation of student loan debt uh, will psychologically or could psychologically impact Americans. Those who are being forgiven their debt, what sort of like positive impact could that have possibly? Yeah. Uh, And for those who maybe never went to college because they were afraid to take on the debt, What sort of negative impact could that have on them psychologically? Because many people on both sides are frustrated by Joe Biden's announcement yesterday. Uh, It's going to erase debt for millions of young people, which is a really great thing. Some people on the left are saying it didn't go far enough. People on the right are saying we're being punished for being responsible with our money and not taking out loans that we couldn't afford to pay back. Uh, and I understand all of the conversations. Uh, so we're going to be joined by a spiritual life coach um, uh, who has both paid for tuition and who has had student loans forgiven. Um, so they can speak to both sides of this. Yes. We're having that conversation. Therapy, uh, therapy Thursdays coming up in about 15 minutes from right now. Uh, Also, at the end of our hour, we've got Tell Me Something Good For You, not the end of this hour, the end of our show, we have Tell Me Something Good For You, um, which is going to leave you with some inspirational stories to head off into your day. Before we get there, also, in our final hour, this is really exciting, we've got actor Gregory Zarian joining us. You might know him as uh, half of the Zarian twins. He and his brother Lawrence are fantastic They've been on your TV screens for years, and he's actually part of a new film on Netflix called That's a More. Uh, that is available to watch today to stream on Netflix. It's a really fun little rom-com, and he's here to tell us all about it with his co-star, Paul Witten, coming up in our next hour. Lots going on today, and I do want to remind you that tomorrow, two big things are happening. Amen. Britney Spears has a single coming out with Elton John. Like, whatever. Like, no big deal. No biggie. Britney Spears, Elton John collab just like whatever, huge. If that weren't big enough, Michaela Gordon is also releasing
3: Honey, her
2: debut music video from her upcoming album Vivian. the The video is for Hands Off, which is all about female empowerment. It happens to be coming out on a day that's very important to women tomorrow.
3: Yes, National Women's Equality Day.
2: That's super exciting.
3: Thank you so um, much, my love. The
2: idea that women should be treated equally is like obviously absurd, but that's neither here yeah, nor there. No, so I'm of really course. really happy for you.
3: Definitely, thank really you. Really try to
2: milk it, get the <laughs> most out of it that you can. Uh, no, super happy for you. Can't wait for. People to see the music video that you worked so hard on, and that our producer Vanessa assisted with.
3: Yeah, she sure did. Were you a,
2: were you a PA for the day, Vanessa? What were you doing?
3: Yeah, I she was, was the boss. Describe
2: to me what was going on throughout the day. Like, what sort of role did you take on?
3: Well, I was helping Michaela with anything that she needed. I would gather the ladies mm-hmm. or everyone on set. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, you have to change fifteen minutes.
2: Oh wow! She literally. <laughs> she at loves one to point, crack the whip.
3: Oh, I love when she cracks the whip. Uh-huh. She came in. She said, it's going to be 10 minutes. You need to go on set. And I said, all right, girl. So I'm sitting there. Literally, this alarm goes off. And then she peeps her head and she goes, you need to go on set now. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I will. Honey,
2: you're on set. You're on a schedule. Listen, but not, she, wasn't schedule. No, she wasn't messing around.
3: She wasn't. I came into that room. Everything was set up so perfectly. Listen.
2: She did what you hired her, she volunteered for, to do.
3: Yeah, but she's the That's boss. That's what she did. Yeah, well, couldn't have done it without Vani. Love it. was it. super fun.
2: She was very hands-on, you might say.
3: And she was very hands-on. Even I really wanted to be hands-off. I love <laughs> it.
5: Okay, I
2: see what you did there. Oh, Lord. Little
3: cutie. Can't
2: wait. Big day tomorrow. Uh, right now, we have a couple hours to get through on this show, though. A lot of really great stuff coming up, as I mentioned previously. Right now, though, it is time for News on the Beat.
3: All right, my level, well, a Kentucky media specialist in a senior leadership position defended a book that contained sex imagery, which was challenged by a local mom as pornography by invoking Nazi dictator Adolf Hitler. Dr. Lynn Reynolds, the executive director of library and media services at... Jefferson County Public Schools expressed her support during a July 28th hearing to keep a book called Gender Queer in the district's public school libraries. At one point, Dr. Reynolds raised the practice in Hitler's Nazi Germany to burn books as part of her reasoning. I don't want to be too dramatic, but I do want to be clear. Hitler banned and burned over 25,000 books because they were viewed as representing ideologies opposed to Nazis, Reynolds said as part of her defense of gender queer. Alright, another news, a transgender man has filed a complaint with the Illinois Human Rights Department after he was denied service at two separate Walmart stores. Skylar Hyatt says that employees at stores in Lawrenceville and Olney, Illinois would not allow him to cash a money order because his driver's license still lists his dead name. At the time, his license did list his gender as male and had a current photo, but Hyatt says he's been unable to afford the process of legally changing his name under state law. According to the complaint, a supervisor at one store made a face of disgust when presented with Hyatt's ID. An employee at another store told Hyatt that his money order had been red flagged. Uh, a spokesperson for Walmart told The Hill that the company is taking Hyatt's complaint seriously, adding that the retailer does not totally discriminate of any kind. All right. Uh, the religious rites celebrated the overturn of Roe v. Wade, but their obsession with controlling women's bodies knows no satisfaction. Now, a far-right preacher known for his vile rants about the LGBTQ community is calling for men to burn their wives' pants because he says it's just a form of cross-dressing. Take a listen.
2: People want to get so riled up. Yeah, fags are abomination. God hates them. Well, didn't it
5: just say if you're a cross-dresser, you're an abomination too? Obviously, it's not as bad as being a faggot, but God is still very upset with your sin. Now, what should we do about that, knowing that as Christians? If you're a woman and you own any pants, throw them away. Light them on fire. If you're a man and your wife has pants, throw them away. And if she yells at you, so be it. Just throw them away. That's a good fight to get in. Because I'm not going to let my wife go outside
2: wearing pants. What? Wait, what? Christians are wild. Wait,
3: what? Is that a real story?
2: This guy's an idiot. Obviously.
3: Brother Christ- J- Duncan Urbanick, spread the love.
2: <laughs> Sounds like he's spreading the love.
3: Yeah. Oh, wow. Religion's That's just nuts.
2: wild. Listen, I... I, I I've identified as a Christian for most of my life but I don't anymore necessarily I, I still believe in God I believe in a higher higher power I believe that we should all treat each other with dignity and respect these people who claim Christianity as their as their their way the the leading light in their lives are just nuts some of them like to talk like that and who just this throws guy the is F- a word around wild
3: man that
2: easily in 2022. But-
3: wearing pants is cross like what
2: you know who wore dresses like from the beginning of time men
3: and heels and they wigs. started it and makeup you freak
2: so we, we listen we should be telling you no more dresses no more jesus heels jesus is
3: literally in no a more, gown yeah,
2: that part that part with long, flowing and hair. And looks gorgeous, by the with way. long, flowing hair. Jesus was serving. That many would say was actually more feminine than masculine.
3: And that's on amen, baby. Literally. So, and that it literally is on Jesus, amen. Jesus.
2: <laughs> the king and queen of androgyny. You heard it here first.
3: That's right. That's right.
1: After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. You deserve Medella
2: if you've persevered through.
9: You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two
4: more two more.
9: You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crowley Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
4: The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
2: It's time for another round of therapy Thursdays and love him or leave him Joe Biden is on a roll lately and he is he is you know he's coming through on some major campaign promises now we might not all agree with all of those those choices but this is where we are uh, just yesterday he announced that he's going to be uh, forgiving student loan debt uh, for millions and millions of Americans uh, up to twenty thousand in some instances but that left us thinking as we see people reacting, both positively and negatively. Some on the positive side are saying, this is great, it's going to really help a lot of people. Some on the negative side are saying, it doesn't go far enough. Or what if I didn't even take out loans because I wanted to be responsible and now you're going to pay off these loans of people who were irresponsible in their minds. Lots of different opinions. So how does this affect our mental health? On a negative and a positive note. We're joined now by LaToya Shea, who is a spiritual life coach, who's both, who has both paid for tuition and who has had student loans forgiven uh, in the past. LaToya, thank you so much for being here. You- uh,
6: Hi, thank you, you so much for having me. Well,
2: we're excited to have you because mm-hmm. you have an interesting perspective on this. You, you can kind of see both sides of this. You've experienced both. Um, what do you think about his announcement yesterday and how it could impact uh, us mentally moving forward? Well, it's
6: uh exciting great news for those who have um tuition debt and uh it's 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 really a relief, relief of anxiety, but the flip side is that it doesn't um, contribute to accountability, right? Uh, We may see a decrease in completion of um, college attendance and uh, still an increase in the amount of student loan debt and really, it's just a bandaid aid for um, the true issue, which is the spike in tuition uh, mm. fees that keeps increasing drastically.
2: That is so true. Listen, I've been paying off my student loans for, gosh, 15 or 16 years now, and I think I'm like 52% paid off. And almost everything I've paid so far has been interest like I really haven't paid down my debt that much. So I know. So that's the frustrating part and a lot of people look at corporations getting these huge tax breaks year after year after year and individuals getting hit so hard. So 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 how do you kind of wrap your brain around that as opposed to as opposed to getting upset with our neighbor who might be getting, you know, some relief right now? How can we reshift that energy towards the the, the actual important things that matter?
6: Well, you know, as a, a community, uh, as a country, we, we our focus is the betterment of our fellow brethren, right? So we just have to still, um, standpoint, be happy for those who are, um, who are getting relief. I know uh, a few of my colleagues who do make over uh, the $120,000 um, income, but are not financially stable, and they have, like tuition um bets of 200,000 and you know and they're it, it seems unfair because they're um they're working really hard you know and uh so much 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 emphasis is needed on um on just
2: being really kind, <laughs> kind and compassionate Sorry? towards each other while we I'm all breaking. sort of navigate this I feel like because yes. I feel like to your point like I make, it's $125,000 is, is the threshold for an individual. And I make, right. I make more than that now. Um, right. But a few years ago, I didn't. And for the first 15 years I paid off my student loans, I made well below that. So right. it's still unclear, you know, what sort of income we're going to be looking at. Is it going to be looking at an average of five to 10 years? Is it going to be looking at just your previous tax returns? But yeah, there's a lot of stuff that are making a lot of people emotional on every, on every side right. of this.
6: Yes, and it seems as if we're rewarding people for seeking lower income jobs, and and rather than uh, addressing the real issue, mm. which is really high college uh, tuition fees. Yeah.
3: Well, I want to ask you a question. I didn't go to college, and there are many. Uh, People like myself that didn't. So question that people are wondering is if you forgive uh, school loan debts because of the pandemic, are there any forgiveness programs for credit card debts that might have also gone up during the pandemic that you haven't been able to pay down? Have you heard anything about that yet? And is there a solution? I haven't heard
6: anything about that. And people are still it just seems biased. And, um, you know, there's no win win. And uh, the key is that it is a need-based uh, benefit. And so many people are saying, well, they need to look into um, the criteria and make it more or more beneficial for more people. Um, and as you can imagine, uh, we're a huge nation, and so it is a bit tricky. So we'll have to wait and see how um, it plays out.
2: Latoya Shea, thank you so much for sharing your personal experience mm-hmm. with us. You know, this is—it's a huge step in the right direction, but we have to remember, I it's, believe so. it's, yeah, but it's only a step. So hopefully more action will be taken. They can rein in these colleges who are making so much money off of young people who are just trying to better their lives. Uh, Thank you so much for
6: stopping by. Thank
3: you so much.
6: Thank you so much for having me. See you guys soon. Absolutely.
3: All right, could people that have doppelgangers be related to each other? You may share DNA with somebody and you don't even know it. We'll talk about it next.
4: The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, Channel Q.
2: Welcome back to the show. We have a fantastic uh, couple hours left here on the show. We've got about an hour and a half, and then we make it to our Friday. Can't believe we finally are able to say that.
3: Amen. My
2: family's coming to town. I'm excited to see them. Uh, and I know their family because we were raised together. We have the same parents, right? My sister and I have the same dad, at least. So maybe if we have some similarities, that's why. Turns out that people who look similar might actually share similar DNA. And we're not talking about family. We're not talking about brothers and sisters. We're talking about doppelgangers. Yes. Right? Uh, I've been compared. uh, I love this one. I love when I'm compared to Josh Duhamel. And I think it's because I always look a little bit high. Even though I'm not, I just have like a squinty look in my eyes. Right. And I have salt and pepper hair, which I love. He's a hottie. I'll take it. I get Joel McHale and Ryan Seacrest sometimes. I like those a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. but I think the Joel McHale thing is because I'm tall. The Ryan Seacrest thing is because I'm a TV broadcaster as well. So I think that's where those similarities end. You've been compared to Sandra Bullock. Uh, what's her name from Boy Meets... Topanga. Topanga. What's her real name? Do we know?
3: Uh, Danielle, Danielle Fishel. Danielle
2: Yeah, I see that one for sure. Yeah.
3: Tiffany Amber Thiessen yeah. was a big one. 90210. Yeah, but I love them. But you know what's so funny? My doppelgangers, like your doppelgangers, all also have a very similar look.
5: Mm. There's another
3: girl that they used to compare me to, and I really do look like her. It's Nadia Bjorlin. And she looks just like Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Well, look her
2: up. I want to see who she is because DNA analysis of unrelated people who look alike has revealed that their facial similarities are rooted in shared genetic variants. Apparently, there are genetic markers that can be in our DNA uh, that make us look like one another. And yeah. so in, in some ways, we're sort of connected to those other people who look like us right? Genetically speaking.
3: But I feel like also we live in a world that we've all been around so many times that like we've had to have slept with each other so-and-sos and sos and so's and sos (laughs) over the thousands and thousands of years that we're all kind of intermixed. Yeah, because
2: there can't be eight billion people on the planet who all, all look completely different from one another. That's not even possible. Oh, you do look like her. Isn't that
3: crazy? Oh, yeah,
2: that's a good one. Oh, yeah, that one. Yep.
3: I know, and I like her. There
2: she is. Well, apparently these new studies, uh, these new findings were published in the journal Cell Reports earlier this week, uh, providing rare insight into human likeness. Uh, this is really, really fascinating stuff. It's funny to look back. For instance, I look at photos of my grandfather, and when he was younger, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm tall like he is. I smile like he does. My eyebrow ridge looks like his. My mm-hmm. jawline mm-hmm. looks like his. Mm-hmm. Do you look like anybody in your family? mm No?
3: It's so crazy. I really don't look like anybody in my family. I don't think I even
2: know what your family looks like. I think you've shown me a picture of your parents before briefly. Um, and I think I probably swatted it away because they're bad, bad girls and I'll bad boys. I'll show
3: you. I always have felt like I look more like my dad. Lisa thinks I look more like my mom. Um, but I feel like I've also been told that I look more like my grandma, Vivian. mm um,
2: when she was younger.
3: Yeah, but, you know, yeah. it can always trace back to, like, my niece has really big blue eyes. My brother and my sister-in-law have dark brown eyes. But my grandma on my dad's side had bright crystal blue eyes. Mm. So sometimes you just take traits from the size of the family, but a little different.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. My um, So my husband's best friend, Jenna, she was, you know, where she was in his wedding. She yeah. was his, his groom's woman, his, his woman of honor, or whatever she was called. Right. <laughs> and uh, she was adopted. Raised by you know white parents and she's Colombian and she a few years ago oh yeah Vanessa you can relate to this story uh, maybe yeah. take us back to your, to your roots Vanessa she went home she found her mother through like 23 and Me or something and she flew down to Colombia for a couple of weeks to meet her mother and her family her biological family and to document the experience. She got down there and the first photo she posted on social media, she looked like her mom's twin. <gasps> she looked like a oh younger version God. of
5: her mom. Her mother
2: never lived a day out of Columbia and Jenna never lived a day in Colombia. Wow. And yet, you know, they look so, so similar. So DNA is wild. DNA is so Genetics wild. Genetics are wild. And if, if there is a chance I'm related to uh, Josh Jumel, that's fantastic. If not, that means I still have a shot with him and doesn't make it weird, which is also really fantastic. So Your it's a win-win. My (laughs) (laughs) brother-husband.
3: All right, coming up, Elton John is gifting us with a collab we didn't know we needed. uh, But it's more to the story than you even thought. We've got it for you, and let's pop in.
4: The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
2: Here's Elton John, collaboration, little tiny dancer involved in there. Uh, Here's just a snippet of what you can expect tomorrow.
5: Hold me closer, time to dance it. Yeah. Count the headlights on the.
2: Come on, breathing new life into that song. I love it. And, yeah. you, and you actually have some details for us on this collaboration. Uh, and what's popping? What's going on?
3: Well, you kind of said everything. That's the sample of what we're going to hear tomorrow. We're very excited. We knew this has been happening. Um, but it appears that Elton John is also very, very busy because he's gifting us Britney Spears. But he's also going to gift us with a Tammy Faye Musical. What? The televangelist became an unlikely gay ally in the 80s as she showed public (laughs) kindness and empathy to HIV AIDS patients that was very uncharacteristic of folks in her religious field. So Sir Elton John is scoring the upcoming show, which is set to premiere in his native London. For even more gay spice, Jake Shears of the Scissor Sisters will be the show's lyricist, a kiki all around. Uh, But this is exciting. Tammy Faye entered the public conversation last year uh, in the eyes of Tammy Faye which saw Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield take on the roles of Tammy Faye Messner and husband Jim Baker. Uh, But this is going to be something worth watching. I think. I think Tammy Faye is fascinating. so
2: fascinating. And the eyes of Tammy Faye was really good. Jessica Chastain actually won an Oscar for that role. I'm
3: going to watch it this weekend. I haven't seen it.
2: it's heartbreaking in some ways. You feel for her. But it's also really, really, really good. Jake Shears, those Scissor Sisters, I just saw him uh, in Kinky Boots. At the Hollywood Bowl about a month or two ago. So fantastic. This is like, this is so much gayness. Like so much gayness everywhere. Like Iconery, Britney Spears, Jake Shears, like all of it. Tammy Faye Baker, Elton John. I think it's amazing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I do too. I love it. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela
4: Gordon. Channel Q.
2: All right. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. You know, uh, we are fans of all things entertainment and pop culture here on the show. We also love a good love story. Uh, and that's exactly what you're going to get into this weekend as it premieres on Netflix today. It's a new romantic comedy called That's Amour, uh And it, and it features uh, a couple of gentlemen who uh, are just fantastic actors and humans in their own right. Uh, Gregory Zarian and Paul Witten, who actually play a couple in the film. And they're joining us now. Uh, Gregory and Paul, thank you so much for being How are you?
7: Thank you so much for having us. We're doing well. How are
2: you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to start with Gregory uh, because we have a little bit of history. I've known you and your brother uh, Lawrence for many years, uh, always supporting you, looking up to you. Uh, You've been in this industry for a minute and you've been so successful. Um, Talk to me a little bit about this film though and what it's like to uh, be a part of a, a romantic comedy in 2022.
9: It's fantastic. I mean, to, to be part of this really fun, loving love story, uh, I'm proud of it. I'm grateful for it. Uh, I am part of this story because of Paul. Mm-hmm. His friend, uh, Christina Moore, reached out to him, uh, said, hey, I would love to have you be part of this couple in this movie. And do you know anybody that could possibly play your husband? And Paul called me. And as everyone's going to watch today, the rest is history. And they... We worked with this great production company ESX entertainment and you know at the end of the day love is love and to stand next to one of my dearest friends and play husbands and be part of this great love story I couldn't be more proud and honored and I had a blast
2: well this is a bit of a loop Paul I'm going to come to you uh, because you just mentioned your good friend Christina Moore is the reason he's In the film, Christina
7: was at my wedding. Uh two months ago. I love Christina Moore. She's fantastic. She's fantastic. So amazing. I adore her. I've known her for years through my friend Renee Ashton, Mm. who introduced me to her. And uh I just instantly fell in love. She's smart as a whip. I mean, you know all this. Talented, funny, just great. Like I adore her. And yeah, to reiterate what Gregory said, I was, I was very fortunate to have her reach out to me. And, um, John Ducey who wrote this, who I'm sure, you know, as well, uh, they asked me to be a part of this and, and, and then kind of gave me the opportunity to ask a friend. It wasn't even that they couldn't find their own person. You know, they, they certainly could have, there's so many actors in this town, but, uh, they said, "Hey, do you happen to know someone that you would like to do this with and spend a few days with and have some fun?" And Gregory immediately popped into mind. You know, during the pandemic, uh, we have become even closer. So it's been a really, you know, wonderful, loving, fun relationship. But it really deepened over the last couple of years, and I just adore him. He's talented and kind above all else. And uh, I thought, what better person to hang out with? Mm. On a set with Christina Moore.
2: That is so beautiful, and and I, obviously Gregory, you and your brother Lawrence, I've I've been a fan of yours for so many years. I just as as a gay man in this industry, I've looked up to you for so long. Uh, you're both uh, gorgeous as all get out, uh, and you and your husband have really been you know some some a couple that we look up to. You know, as a newlywed couple. Right. Um, so I want to thank They're you. Great. It, it, but it's important. That's, I mean, let's talk about the importance yes. of representation. That's in the real world. But you guys are representing a married couple who also uh, own a business in this film, not just like the stereotypical florist or the hairstylist, the gay sidekick. You guys are actually a couple who own a business. Talk about the importance of that.
9: First of all, uh, thank you for that. And thank you for the shout out to John and myself. And, and Paul, I just want to let you know that everything nice you just said about me I will copy and paste and send to you as much. as.
7: Anything. Can you just Venmo me, please? <laughs>
9: <laughs> I will. You know, here's, here's what's really special about this movie. We are just a couple in this movie that own this business and we happen to be gay. Mm-hmm. There is this stereotypical, Oh my God, look at them. It's, we happen to be gay. And I truly hope more storytelling turns out like that because it doesn't need to be this big label. we, you know, and we are this fun-loving couple that are celebrating new love with the the, the leads, uh, Matthias and Sophia, uh, Riley Dandy and Isaac Rossi. It's this part of this great group that just sees young love possibly happening in a cooking class. And, mm. you know, we all do everything, and love finds its way into your hearts in this movie is what it's about.
2: Well, Paul, I want to ask, uh, you know, as uh, – represent representatives of like our community right because whether you like it or not you just are especially when you're out there in a film like this on netflix it's a big deal uh absolutely the industry's changed so much and the way that younger people are telling stories now about lgbtq plus characters uh it, it it's it's so refreshing how does it feel to finally be at a point where y'all can just be yourselves on camera and represent, you know, your friends who you who you love and support in the real world. You can represent them in this way on
1: a film.
7: Well, um, your word refreshing is is such a wonderful description, I would say. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly refreshing that Netflix took a chance And, and, or maybe didn't even think it was a big chance, just said, yeah, let's have, you know, this couple and that it was written that John Ducey wrote this character, they said yes to it, essentially, and that it's not, you know, some dreary storyline, there aren't cliched, you know, attributes assigned to this couple, it's just a happy, middle-aged couple, and frankly, that's another bit of representation, you know, I'm a middle-aged gay, out gay actor, and it, it was lovely to show up on set and and not have to hide anything. Mm. I feel like for many years, when I was first starting out, I was terrified of uh, anyone knowing I was gay. And there was a certain amount of being in the closet, certainly within the business. And eventually I moved beyond that. And uh, it was the best thing I ever did. So there was a real victory, I think, for myself. And perhaps I can speak for Gregory, but certainly for gay men in general gay men and women um to be able to work and and be authentic to yourself and have that celebrated and it is really refreshing
2: yeah i know i hear you listen I, I'm fortunate enough to you know, host a morning show for the first ever LGBTQ plus talk radio station in the country. I don't it's think
7: congratulations, that- congratulations, by I, the way, I, I read right. that. And that's amazing. That's, that's some trailblazing stuff there.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you know, in the day in, day out, sometimes it can feel like we're just doing a job, but then we're reminded in moments like what we do actually matters and what the both of you have done with this film definitely matters. Quickly, before I let you go, I want to ask because I did take actually an online cooking class, early pandemic, with these Italian sisters in Sicily that was amazing with my with my then fiance. We oh, a, really? We had a blast. <laughs> and you guys actually are a part of this cooking class, which is sort of like the unexpected location where the lead character finds like a new love. Uh, I need to know: Did you actually do any real cooking? And if so, who's a better cook? Uh,
9: uh, well- Listen, I put, I was the one that squeezed the lemons and I put every knife in Paul's hands.
7: I figured, you know, Gregory is so handsome. He doesn't have to do anything. I have to do something. I have to show up and actually have to figure out how to cut that onion. So I really tried to not slice a finger. And, you know, uh, all of us as actors were involved in some capacity. I mean, there was real heat, there was real knives. We were really doing some of this stuff, and I don't cook. Um, I, well, I've learned to cook over the last couple of years, but I'm terrible. So it was really kind of fun and adventurous, I think, for all of us. Ugh. I love that.
2: I love that. I love that. I love both of you. Paul Witt and Gregory Zarian, uh, thank you so much for stopping by the Morning Beat. And to all of our listeners, make sure you check out. That's more available on Netflix right now.
5: Tell me something good.
2: It's really fascinating stuff. You know, we've seen droughts taking place all over the world. We're in the middle of a two-decade drought here in California. Europe is just seeing unprecedented heat waves. And the reason that matters when rivers and lakes and things like this dry up, also our crops are not getting watered. Mm -hmm. And if crops don't get watered, corn, wheat, soy, all of these things that we take for granted, no longer, no longer available. We don't have bread anymore. I mean, it it gets that bad, right? Remember the potato famine in Ireland? Totally. Um, So this is pretty cool. What doesn't need irrigation requires no pesticides and needs only a third of the fertilizer of wheat. It's a a potential big problem-solving grain called sorghum, uh, which in France is growing strong while all the other grain fields are withering and baking under record temperatures. Uh, There are a few uh, different—it's a gluten-free grain, by the way, and there are a few uh, different—there's sorghum, there's amaranth, um, there's a couple other grains that are actually being found to be more resilient uh, in these extreme weather crises. Than the ones that we're used to. So, really fascinating to think that in the the coming years, our bread might not be made from wheat as much. Or our bagels might not be made from wheat. They might be some other sort of grain. Because there are so many that we just do do not utilize. Totally. And it gives me hope that we're all not doomed.
3: Absolutely. Mm. Okay, I love this. Uh, Barbie honors the nation's first self-made female millionaire, Madam C.J. Walker, with a new... Doll, uh, but it's coinciding with August's Black Business Month. The doll is part of the Barbie's Inspiring Women series. Now, Madam C.J. Walker, born in 1867, was a Black American entrepreneur who would eventually become the nation's first self made female millionaire, uh, as documented by Guinness World Records, most known for creating a successful line of hair care products and cosmetics. Specifically for black women, her determination led her to open doors for the next generation of women entering business. Her legacy includes supporting the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, the Young Women's Christians Association, the Young Men's Christian Christian Association, and several black colleges. I love that. You know, I think that we've always seen historically Barbie have a doll that looked like one type of woman, Mm -hmm. blonde hair, blue eyed, very white. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we've watched Barbie over the years really kind of get so inclusive and to honor the first female black millionaire is a big deal. I love love it. it. I love it. Okay, well speaking of representation, tomorrow is the release of my music video For hands off a full female empowerment video you can check it out on youtube uh but for now stick around for three hours of curated music just for you and then let's go there with shira and ryan and then having an important conversation uh is low calorie sugars bad for you is what we'll be talking about tomorrow and then healing relational anxiety is tonight on love line so there's plenty for you to tune into we'll see you tomorrow